0: hi everyone so in this episode i share the journey that took me from self-sufficiency to community sufficiency and community supported agriculture and it was meeting my mentor and my farming mentor jim hunt so i look forward to sharing this story with you and i'll see you in the episode so the big question is this how do we live in more sustainable and regenerative ways How can we tap into the ancient secrets of living in harmony with the sacred nature of life? How do we embody the interconnected web of life that thrives in abundance within each of us? That is the question, and this podcast will explore the answers. My name is Craig Hubbard, and welcome to Shambhala Living. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Shambhala Living Podcast. In this episode, I'm gonna share the journey where I met my mentor, my farming mentor, Jim Hunt, and also the journey from self-sufficiency to community-sufficiency. So, in the last episode, we talked about the journey from Sydney to Shambhala, and a big part of that pivot was finding out I was gonna be a dad and, and having a son who I shared about in that last episode. In this this episode, we're fast-forwarding two years. So we had a baby girl, and her name is Kaya. And I feel like that each of my children have been such amazing gifts um, that have taken me deeper down the journey towards my dharma, my purpose, and to live from my heart space. So Kaya... When she came into the world we'd been living at this property that we called shambhala for a couple of years now we i was learning how to look after a a a self-sufficiency property i was kind of getting my hand in the garden and and learning gardening and there was a whole lot of fruit trees already there and we were learning how to look after that and and i was doing a lot of research on self-sufficiency so my goal at that time was to become self-sufficient and and that was due to the 2008 crash had happened and so i was with witnessing that from the safety of my my little abode of with my family and and i i felt the need to go more into self-sufficiency during that time like it was it felt like a crazy time and and any time i'd watch the news it was just it was just mind-boggling you know how far society had gotten and And what the banks were doing and all that so the peaceful life that we were living was was evidence that we were on the right track however when when we had kaya when she was born something new emerged uh, as it as it seems to be the the pattern in at least my life and and that thing that emerged was this realization that to be self-sufficient was harder than i thought and i really had to rely on the outside community so It was at that time in my life we were doing, we'd set up a business up there in Mulaney and it was called Mullaney Whole Foods and it was all about seeds and seed sprouting and saving seeds. So we had a, a big stock of seeds that we could sprout or we could eat as grains and we could grind them into flour so we would take that to markets. And... It was then that I met Jim, who was this wild, earthy, gnome character. Big, thick fingers, dirty, earthy hands, gruff voice. His feet were big and, and huge toes and, and always in bare feet. Wherever he was, he was just joyful, happy. He always had a big smile and big laugh and he was at the markets and he lived. I found out he was just down the road from our farm. And then once i got to know him more he'd just give me these big bear hugs and i'd he'd welcome me in and i'd set up my store next to him and i'd have my grains and he'd have all his veggies and and um and i so i kind of observed him for for a couple of months and i and and then one day i i said oh you know could i come over and check out the farm and he said yeah for sure come on come on over so i i went on over and it was a bike ride. It was about three k's from a, from our property. So I rode the bike down there. It was down this little dirt road called Policeman's Spur Road, and then I went up to Jim's place. and And when I got there, he took me on this tour down into the fields. And what I witnessed down there was this cornucopia of of food, and uh, it was it was like this utopia that that I'd been dreaming of, and and trying to create it my own property but the way i was doing it was very self-sufficient just for our family and what i saw with what he was doing was it was all about providing food for the community so there wasn't just you know a dozen lettuces in there there was hundreds of lettuces and there was corn and there was um Oh gosh, pumpkins and potatoes and beetroots and radishes and we walked around for an hour and and I just kept seeing more and more food, so it just blew me away. So that was the day that I I met my mentor and that was the mentor in in food growing and it wasn't just any food growing; it was sustainable and regenerative organic food growing. So the ways that he did what he did without any chemicals and without any need for herbicides and fungicides and all the different things that that the big agribusiness does on, on a daily basis, um, he was doing the way that they'd been doing for, for I don't know, hundreds, maybe thousands of years. He, he did have obviously some machinery, but a lot of it was just him and it was just his body and, and his his ability and his knowledge. so It woke up within me this thirst for, for understanding how to grow food for a community and actually expanding the idea of self-sufficiency to become community sufficiency. And that was a really big step for me. So I, I, I mentioned I'd been doing the markets and, and I was still running the wheatgrass business down in Sydney. And, um, and we were distributing that up in, on the, in Queensland. And i and i loved entrepreneurism and 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 all sorts of things like that so but to do the hard manual work that jim was doing was was foreign to me and i felt this yearning and it was to do with my baby was was at home and it was kaya and i, I was like oh, something something had been birthed in inside of me and that was craig you've got to step up and learn how to do this on a on a larger scale and and i was like wow like how long have you been here he told me his story he'd been there for 20 years i think at the time and he'd been farming for a lot longer than that um, growing food ever since he was a kid and and then and i was learning more about the average age of the farmer was was 65 and and they were diminishing fast you know every year there was was farms disappearing these organic wholesome farms were disappearing so and he was getting that age he was close to it and i was aware of that and i you know I was asking, you know, how long are you going to be doing your farm gate for? Because we love buying your produce, Jim. You know, we just love it. The kids love it. So then I, I realised I got to, I got to learn. And I asked him, could I come and learn from you? Can I be your apprentice? I turned up on my bike. I came in my boots, and he had his bare feet. So I was like, All right, I guess I've got to take my boots off, and we're doing this bare feet style. And We went down in the field and I remember this one particular moment and he had the tractor down there. I was observing and he's like, hey Craig, can you come over here? And he lined the tractor up on this field and it was beautiful chocolate soil in front of us. And and I said, oh, okay. Yep. What do you, what do you need? He said, yeah, just come over here. Can you just jump on the back of the tractor on that steel thing? It was the, this bar on the back and and i was like is this safe jim i've got no shoes on what are we doing so i just need your weight i just need you to to hold on tight <laughs> i was like oh shit!" okay so i grabbed a chunk of metal on on both hands and i held on and then he took off down the field and and what was underneath me was this this metal bar and then attached to the metal bar was they call it a duck's foot. It was like this sort of spade that dug up the soil and moved it to the side. And as he was taking off down the field, he was looking back, and it was loud and and bumpy, and and there was a hundred meters to go. And he's looking over my shoulder, like looking at where he's what he's digging up, and he's smiling and driving, and and I look over my shoulder, and there is just mounds of potatoes just rolling out of the ground, just. I couldn't believe it I almost fell off the tractor and so as he was driving this this spade was digging up the potatoes that he'd already slashed the tops of them off earlier and it was digging them up and rolling them out to the side so out the side of of the mound on both sides was just hundreds and hundreds of kilos of Dutch cream potatoes And we got to the end, and he had all these buckets lined up, all these 20-litre buckets. And he's like, all right, grab a bucket. And I followed him, and and I'm still in awe. I'm like, whoa, where did all this food come from? You know, my little farm was producing, I'd never done potatoes, and I was just doing little tiny bits of things, and and there was never enough. And here, there was just epic abundance, and it blew me away. And um, so we spent the afternoon hauling hundreds of kilos of potatoes, out of the field and onto his carry all up into the sheds and he'd get it all ready for markets and then another another day i was there and he's all right we're going to harvest some corn so i was all right i've I've never harvested corn before i've never even seen corn so you got to remember i'd moved to this property but i had never been in gardening and i and the the last two years living on this property i was doing my best but there was so much that was new to me so we went to this cornfield, it was I don't know, like fifty metres by fifty meters and, and he was telling me, Oh, you we've got to plant corn in a block. You don't plant it in a row because the birds' eat the outside ones and, and the tassels of the flowers we need them the wind needs to blow them into each other so they pollinate all the corn so if it's in a row you'll miss out on a whole lot and then the birds will get the outside one so we want a big block of it so we had this big block of corn and we walked in and, and literally within like one to two meters he'd walked into this field and and he disappeared and i was like hey jim and i'm calling out and he's like yep yeah, over here bring the buckets and i'm like wow like it was it was i don't know two and a half meters tall and he's a grabbing you know, like handfuls each dog had two big juicy corn he was loading up these buckets as fast as he he could and i'm like kind of watching and learning but in you know all and um and then we pull out a i don't know it would have been at least a ton of corn into a big a couple of big pallet um bins and we're sitting there in the afternoon he grabs a corn he's like here try one i'm like okay thanks jim i'll, I'll take it home and, and cook it up tonight he's like no no try it now i'm like what i thought you had to cook corn he's like no no you don't have to cook corn you, you, sweet corn you eat you eat it fresh but only if it's if it's straight out of the ground like so we opened one up and it was just these golden beautiful corn kernels and I, I i did what he did and he just gnawed straight in a big bite and i bit it and juice went flying everywhere it was all over my face and it was so sweet and so delicious and i ate two or three of them that day for lunch and from then on, that was lunch. I'd eat a bit of salad from the lettuce field. I'd go pick a few corns, pick a few oranges. I I stopped packing my lunch, and 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 I was full, like full belly full from just this food that I was eating from straight from the from the earth. And so from from that time on, or or those moments on, I was I was hooked. I was like, this is this is it. This is me. This is this is how I want to serve the community, this is how I want to live my life. It was the most amazing days to, to work hard and, and and grow this food and for to be able to eat and fill my belly and my family's belly. But it was what was even more amazing was there was so much abundance that we were able to share with the community and, and I started to learn the value of of community resilience and community sufficiency. Um so that that was like the big lesson for me and there was so many stories one other one was once i kind of learned you know what to do here and what to do there and he would I, before that i was just like his puppy dog i'd just watch him everywhere you know he'd take me into the the soil and and he'd be like all right so now we're going to test out how if the soil needs anything how, how is it and and he he'd grabbed a, a bit of it and he tasted it i'm like he's like Try it. And I'm like, wait, you're, you're kidding me, right? You, you, you're um, teasing me, right? He's like, no, this is how, this is how they used to do it. This is how the old fellas used to do it. So I picked up a bit, and, and I'm eating this soil, and he's like, yeah. So you can you can tell if it's sweet or sour, and you don't want it to be sour. You want it to be sweet, and, and I was like, mm, tastes like soil to me. But um, I was seeing in his eyes that he could see the taste the difference and and sense the difference in his fingers and his feet and and his mouth and everything he was like he was just immersed in this land and this farm and so i just i just wanted to share his story and so i i started going to the markets with him and and learning how to sell the food because that was like half of the thing was growing it the next part of it was actually bringing out of the field making it look beautiful like washing it down so it was just radiating and then getting it to market setting up a store how to set up a store how to make it look beautiful so i started doing some of the markets for him and and i started to share his story and i, I found his old photographs and i made these albums and and i was sharing his story with with the customers and they loved it and and that wasn't wasn't something that he'd done before and, and I started seeing the connections between the customers and the farmer, that this farmer Jim that was in their community for for decades and they, and a lot of them hadn't even didn't even know he was there. They were still going up to the, the IGA or the Woolies or, or wherever and it was like here it is, he's this cornucopia and one day he'll be gone and that was this big kind of realization he would say it every now and then Oh, yeah i'm you know i don't know how long i'll be doing this for and so i was kind of like oh i want to make the most out of this i want to learn as much as i possibly can from this this um this farmer while he's still willing and able to share and also share it with the community so i would turn up every day and and I, i gotta say it was the hardest work that i've ever done like the days there were were long the hot and hard and dirty but when i came home in the afternoon i got to see my little family and it was it was so satisfying and light the fire and heat up the water and make a cup of tea have dinner from the food that i'd harvested that day and and, and each morning then i'd turn up and i would i would then go and weed different spots or do certain things there was things that only he would do and, and a lot of that was the harvesting the planting i would help him with those things but other things i would go and and look after the weeding and uh different things and i and i began to love that and and there was this one time i was weeding in the in the garden and it was it was sunrise and the sun was just coming up over the mountains and i was all alone in this field and, and it was just so peaceful i could hear the birds around me and and that's when i had this epiphany that this is magic this is this is heaven on earth this is where the real health this is where wellness is at and this is where all of the the kind of philosophies that i'd i'd studied the ways of living and five elements and four elements and all these different ways here they were surrounded i was immersed within them the elements under my feet the soil the the water the the sun the heat that was coming up into the sky the air that i was breathing the the trees and i was like i lost track of time it might have only been you know a few seconds but it was a profound moment one of my most profound moments in all of the meditations and everything that i've ever done that was standing in this this field on this farm at Jim's place was was one of the most profound feelings and from there i've been wanting to share that with others as as best as i that i can so anyway i was doing his market with him and then i started doing it on my own and and it was providing us now our full-time income you know we would do the both markets on the weekend and then we would do the the harvest in the week and the the weeding and the the planting the seeds and i get to see this whole cycle of, of food growing and then he told me that that he's finishing up he's retiring it's you know the time's come and and that that was just like oh so sad and and he, he was his shoulder was playing up and it was just it was just getting harder and harder for him and and so he he told me you know in a, in a month we're winding up the farm and we're shutting it down. And I was like, "Oh, like are you coming back?" And he's like, N- "I don't think so. I'm gonna gonna go traveling." And and I, I it really hit me that if we don't step up and if I don't step up and and do something, we're losing farmers all over the place. Like they're getting too old to keep going, and and then this farm's gonna be gone. So so I offered to buy the farm. I, I was like, "Can I?" buy this farm can i keep it going he he wanted to keep it as his retirement so i was like okay all right what oh my god what am i going to do like what not just for my work because i i had the other business that i i could go to but it was this feeling of losing like a father or losing this body of knowledge that was so essential to our livelihoods for the future and and i i out of all the gurus and the health gurus and wellness gurus that i would met and this was the one that was the most fundamental the most foundational to real healthy living and um so i i didn't at all feel like i knew enough yet i was like i i can't i don't i'm, I'm not ready please you know don't don't leave yet jim <laughs> i just you know he didn't have a book he didn't have any ways of sharing it and it was just him doing it and 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 that was it and so I'd accumulated a year's worth of knowledge with him and but it but he was leaving so so I, I, I took some time to think about what am I going to do like what do I buy a farm like I've got this property, but it's not big enough to grow for the community, and now i I can't live without continuing this legacy and and um it was again it was burning on me that i had to had to do something so i started looking at real estate and and i i thought i'd have to go quite far out west because prices were getting you know higher and higher and, and anyway this old farm came up for sale and it hadn't actually hit the the market yet it was but i'd, I'd spoke to the real estate and it was it was up in Dunan near Noosa, which was one of my favourite places ever, because with the surf and the national park, and it was also right near our uh, farmers market that we were going. And I went to view it, and it was it was different than where I was living and Jim's farm, because it was it was kind of just flat, and it, it wasn't as inspiring at the time. And but it was for sale and 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 they, they had all the growing systems ready like the irrigation and the fields and the tractors and the cold room so i was like wow this is an opportunity i can't miss so but it was, it was scary i was like oh man i've got it i've got this property i'm still paying a mortgage on i've i've got other debts but i've i've got to buy this property i've got to buy this farm so i can continue this legacy of growing food for my community and i remember going there i'd made an offer and it was accepted but we hadn't signed anything yet and i went to sign and and the old farmer who was even older than jim his name was robert and he was standing there with the real estate and he he saw me as this young farmer with stars in my eyes and and he said son i don't think you should buy this farm like it's as in i don't think you should be farming like because he he had to sell because they went out of business because and he said you know i've been selling radishes the same price for 10 years you know it doesn't there's no money in it and, and you you know you could lose everything and so that really hit me hard and the real estate was kind of nudging him like oh come on but they knew they would have sold it that to a developer or someone like that. But I said, I, I've, I, I have to, I have to keep this legacy going. And, and I'm, cause I see him and Jim, you know, they're retired. There's, so there was this other farm that was gone. And I, what I'd heard was this was happening all across the country and all across the world that these beautiful farms, these family farms were getting sold up and being turned into development. So literally the, the soil was disappearing and being turned into concrete and buildings. and So we were losing not only the soil, but also the knowledge in these farmers. So anyway, I, I took the leap of faith and I, I, I signed the deal and I, I got my finance. And, and when I walked into the property the first day, I, I bent over double and I, I felt sick. I was like, what have I done? Like There was machinery everywhere. It was It was so run down and so much work to do and I just, I felt sick and overwhelmed, and, and I didn't have any mentors with me, and I just wanted to break down and cry, and I was, I was like, what have I done? What have I taken on? So anyway, I gave myself a little pity party for a while, and I was, and I would stand back up and do the next job, clean up this, clean up that, and... We moved our tent onto the property. There was nowhere to live. There was there was like this little office thing that we were going to clean up and, and make that our, our one-bedroom house. But in the meantime, we moved our, our camper trailer and tent onto the property. And the first thing I did, I started planting the seedlings. And And I just followed everything that Jim had taught me. I just repeated it. So I was just Doing exactly what he did and if I ever got stuck he was still there for a phone call, hey Jim, I've got this. What, what about this? How do I do that? And he would guide me over the phone and so we never missed a single market during that transition with the help of Jim providing some produce and then before I'd moved on to this property I was driving to this this new farm and I started planting um, seedlings so we had produce ready to go before we moved on to the place. And that was the beginning of what is now called Shambhala Farm. So we eventually moved on to the farm. We held on to the other property, which was Shambhala One, but eventually it was getting too much to to manage, so we sold that off and kept the name and moved the name over to this new place. And and that was the journey from self-sufficient living to community supported living and community supported agriculture and community sovereigns. and um, and that that's been a journey that we moved onto that farm in two thousand twelve. Um, so Kaya was just two at the time and we were, the kids were coming to the market every weekend and that that's the that's the journey. So yeah, I I I hope you enjoyed that that sharing. I enjoyed sharing it and re- reminiscing some of the stories. So. Thank you so much for listening and and i know that so far this podcast is just me rambling about my stories i just wanted to get some of the core stories out and sort of set the foundation of who am i to even share in this world of sustainable living and regenerative food growing so i want to share like who are the the people that taught me what i want to share and, and teach others and then as we progress and I start kind of finding my feet in this podcast and then I want to share how we can like how, what does this mean for you and how can and who else can we bring on to share their stories so I'm thrilled to be here I'm so thankful for all the, the hard working men and women that have come before me that have pioneered and kept the tradition of organic regenerative farming alive and that are doing their best to keep the soil fertility alive and regenerating this, this planet. And that's the mission that I'm on and that I'd love to share that with, with anyone that is willing to listen and, and hopefully that lights up something within you that you might start uh, a garden, plant a seed, maybe start a farm or, or something different within this, this big space, because we need as many people as possible. There's a lot of people on this planet and every one of them needs to eat and where that food comes from is either going to harm the planet or regenerate the, the soil on the planet. So we have the choice as consumers and we also have the choice as how we um, take action in, in this world. Whether we're actually doing thing or whether we're just sharing the knowledge and that's just as important. So wherever you fit into that, thank you for, for just listening and, and being a part of this journey. Okay, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Shambhala Living Podcast. If you enjoyed it, then I'd love it if you'd share it with some friends and subscribe to this channel and turn on notifications so you can find out when the next podcast comes out. You can find us at Instagram at Shambhala Farm and also check out our upcoming 12-week food growing course. You can find out more details on our newsletter list or on Instagram. I'll see you on the next episode.